0: Welcome to Lifebox Media Channel Radio Podcast, It's by Steve, pleasure to have on. She's an award-winning actress. Uh, she's known she was a household word all over the 80s and 90s. Ladies and gentlemen, Mr. Eileen Graff, how are you today? Hey, how are you? Very good. Thank you so much for coming on. We had a little technical difficulties kind of bouncing off of each other. <laughs> Oh really? Are we bouncing? We, we, we were for a minute. I think I was trying to get you, and you were trying to get me. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, we're, we're here now. We are here now, live in color, if you will. Um, how are you doing today? Doing
1: fine. You know, catch it. I just put a load of laundry in.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: Gotta happen if sometime. You, you know when you're when you're busy. Sometimes the life. Things get short shrift, and all of a sudden you say, "Oh my gosh, I don't have any clean shirts left. <laughs> I better get. I better head on down to the
0: laundry room." Yeah, my, my, my mom says if that maid ever shows up, she's going to fire her and the butler too.
1: <laughs> no kidding. You know where's Mister Belvedere when you need him? I say that every day.
0: <laughs> no, hard to get good help around here. <laughs> so, 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 ma'am, I mean, I tell you, I was so excited to have you on. You know, and and, and you know. You have so much going on and, and working on, but you know people know you from such an iconic show as Mister Belvedere. I mean, did that just really feel like you put your feet in traction? Because I know you were working a lot before that, but did that just really kind of make you an iconic spot, and you know, in history?
1: An iconic spot in history? Well, I don't think of myself that way. I do, I do uh, feel that I joined the uh, sisterhood of the lovely TV moms. You know, there's there's a bunch of us who. I've had the good fortune to get TV shows that ran for a significant amount of time, and uh, yeah, it changes your life in in some ways, in some ways it doesn't, uh, but it it certainly has been a very wonderful and important part of my life, my involvement with that show.
0: Uh, it's, it's it's funny because, you know, then obviously you're not just known for Mr. Belvedere, but it was such a big spot and it came in and was such a charming show. And it seems like it was a really kind of a charming family on TV was, were you guys really good off TV?
1: Oh yeah. Well, you, you know, I just had lunch with um, my TV daughter, Tracy Wells oh. and our script supervisor and our uh, stage manager. So there still are very strong bonds. And uh, in the end of October, my two boys, uh, Rob Stone and Bryce Beckham, and I, uh, accompanied by Michelle Matheson, who was a regular on our show, also, we, we spent a whole weekend together doing an autograph show in New Jersey. And you know, we, we still feel very connected to each other. We were really lucky. It was a lovely set. We had no uh, no problems that you read about on other shows. We had just a bunch of hardworking, uh people with good hearts who were there to do the best possible work but be very kind to each other so yeah super lucky to to be involved in that and I think you're right that some of that good feeling of that we had going to work every day spilled over into the show
0: I think it does I, I I definitely think it does you know and but was your first love first music
1: Yeah, I started as a singer and I still, you know, in my heart of hearts, still think of myself as a singer who kind of fell into acting many, many, many years ago. At least five or six. At least five or six, like try 50. I I made my Broadway debut 50 years ago and I've been singing professionally since I was like 14, 15 years old. So that's... That's who I always felt like I was, was, was as a singer. And when I got my first Broadway show, boy, it it was great because I, I got it because I could sing and, and, and I've just always kept the singing up through, through all these many, many years. Uh,
0: That, I I love that. Now, when, you know, is it, were you, just because of the fact that you come from a, you know, musical family, is that why you fell in love with music or was just all, all your own?
1: Oh well, you couldn't avoid the music growing up in my in my family. My dad was a uh, a professional singer, so I only knew uh, show business growing up. I didn't that that was our world, that was our life, and it, it happened to be something that I could do. It, it was a talent that I inherited. My grandmother, although she never sang professionally, because that just wasn't done back then, right? Um, she was a beautiful singer, and she played the piano, and she, when she was pregnant with my dad, decided that he was going to be the musician in the family, and she named him Jerome, after Jerome Kern, the great songwriter, wow. and it just so happened that my dad came out really talented, and he had a lifelong career as a singer, and a, a arranger and piano player, and my mother was also very talented, although she didn't. Work professionally. She started. I don't know how many choruses and glee clubs in her in her life. And she also taught piano and singing. And I was I was lucky. I was I just could do it. And it was a thing that was. You know, when you say something's easy for you, it just means that that's where your talent. Lie, lay, I never know how to use that word um, is how's that better <laughs> um, well, it works
0: for me I'm not an English teacher <laughs> <laughs> I,
1: I have certain words that to this day I have a problem with I just never know what tense I'm supposed to use but uh, so and my youngest brother also uh, is a very talented um, singer, actor, writer, director and and yet, and then we have another brother who uh, just was never interested, and has gone on to forge his own path. So um, it's interesting family stuff.
0: Who who are some of your influences growing up music wise? Like what did you listen to as a teenage you? You know what was what was yeah. on your on your AM radio and in, in the day?
1: <laughs> well, on my AM radio, growing up in New York City, was of course the. Uh, W.A.B.C. 77 radio, you know, which was the the top 40 station in New York for forever. So as a kid, I I sort of, as a young teenager, I just listened to all that stuff. And it was funny. I'd listened to lots of pop records and I loved them because it was generationally and age appropriate. But knowing that... uh, That wasn't where my path was. And then when I got to be just a little bit older and I discovered Barbara Streisand, oh my God, changed my life. (laughs) And Judy Collins and Joni Mitchell and Laura Nero. uh, They were so important. You know, I I just loved them, loved them, loved them to death. And um, so I think although I was listening to Cousin Brucie and everything on ABC, uh, the thing that really filled my soul was that was were those other artists.
0: You know, getting on Broadway is just amazing by itself, but you hit some pretty, you know, there's some pretty big shows that you did on Broadway. I mean, that has to be, uh, especially with someone who, who just feels and loves singing, how did it feel to work on Broadway? It was great. Um, when When you're very,
1: very young and you start doing Broadway shows, it becomes, you are normal. Does that make sense to you? Yes. Um, I was with a bunch of other, like, especially like when we were doing Grease. I did Grease on Broadway for two and a half years. It wasn't my first show, but um, it, we were just, I was surrounded with a bunch of other kids. We were all in our early, early 20s. Um, and we thought that it was kind of normal to be in a big, huge hit Broadway show, and it wasn't until I was an adult and trying to get those jobs that didn't come so easy anymore that I realized, oh my gosh, what you had was so incredible. Um, And you, you feel the honor of being in a Broadway show. My first Broadway show, I was an understudy, and I sang from the orchestra pit, and whenever I would go upstairs and walk on the stage of the Schubert Theater, it was absolutely thrilling and something, you know, memories that I treasure for forever and ever. And then getting to create a role in a Broadway show was a, a Cy Coleman-Michael Stewart show called I Love My Wife, where I got to create a role in a Broadway show. Oh, my gosh. I just would pinch myself and say, is this really happening to me? And uh uh, to bring that much happiness and laughs and fun to an audience. I think it's a great gift.
0: There's nothing like a live reaction from a crowd that to, to just, I don't think there's a high like it anywhere.
1: Well, I haven't had that many highs, thank goodness. And um, yeah, I, I agree. I agree that that, and that's one of the fun things about doing a show like Mr. Belvedere which was alive in front of a studio audience. Although it doesn't, you know, if you make a mistake, it's no big deal. You can stop and you can do it over again. Not unlike on stage, where if you make a mistake, you have to figure out how to fix it on the spot and keep going. But um, bringing my stage experience to uh, Mr. Belvedere and the many other shows that I guested on, I think was really to my advantage. And loving working for the crowd Uh, you know when you do a multi-camera tv show you're doing two things at once you're working for the crowd of course because you've got that live audience and their laughs are what's going to go out over the airwaves but you're also using the skills of doing a tv show and and it's a fun challenge and and one
0: that i really enjoy do you remember what the first broadway show was you ever saw
1: i do it was the music man the original 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 (laughs) music man i don't remember who was in it but i remember it was my first show pardon me and i remember as a very sophisticated 10 year old who grew up in show business not really loving it because it wasn't real it didn't feel real to me and it's not it's not supposed to it's like it's um a representation of a ideal life in the midwest and and i wanted something grittier <laughs> and I was, oh my god i must have been such a pain in the neck my parents take me to see the music man which was like this huge hit and i'm like yeah well it's okay but you know the carriage wasn't real, and
0: at the end of that, that, that just, I was like, oh. Man, now you can, oh, hard, now you can hardly tell. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but then we saw Flower Drum Song, which I don't know how appropriate it is for a 10-year-old, but I loved that, because it was about show business, and there were scenes in nightclubs.
0: <laughs> Listen, oh, I mean, I'm going to have to check that one out, because I've seen a gajillion uh, Broadway shows, and that's not one on my list. I'm going to have to go out and find that on something, DVD or CD or VHS or something, because I don't know that one.
1: Flower Drum Song was a Rodgers and Hammerstein show about the Chinese-American community in San Francisco. Oh, yes. Chinatown in San Francisco. And there's a movie of it. And there was a revival, I'm going to guess and say maybe 10 years ago. You know it's it's problematic it's it's you know things that maybe we wouldn't do today yeah. but it had some wonderful songs love look away and oh my gosh i enjoy being a girl is from flower drum
0: song i just so, don't remember the title i just now you just actually my mother my mother was just visiting because it was her eighth birthday and and, we, and she did she was talking about that was one of the things because my girls have chinese so that's 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 there so yes i do remember that now you know i just didn't remember the title Um, well
1: that's that's okay it was a long time ago
0: (laughs) i had had a brain freeze you know happens like that you know
1: oh well that never
0: happens to me
1: (laughs) 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 who are you what are we doing right now
0: (laughs) Uh, no no, 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 um no you know it's, it's funny now what was it like to work on greece
1: Oh, it was the most fun. And, you know, Greece is celebrating in February, hold on to your hats, the 50th anniversary of Greece opening on Broadway.
0: Lord, baby, Jesus.
1: You believe it? <laughs> <No>. Unbelievable. <laughs> and uh, what's amazing about Greece, not only that it's still done all the time, is that we have the, the Greece the greasers have been zooming all through the pandemic. Like every five, six weeks, we have a Zoomathon, wow. and that's how tight those bonds are. I love that. that. Af- after all this time, I still consider those people to be some of my nearest and dearest.
0: I love hearing that. That is. That is. Mm-hmm. That is. They. They say the Broadway world can be a very, 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 very close family in many ways, and I love. I love hearing that.
1: Yeah, you know, as I said before, we were all so young when we did the show, that for many of us, our Grease family kind of took over for our high school friends, our real high school friends and our real college friends, because there we were playing teenagers and being goofy and acting so silly that in some ways, I think we kind of thought we were still in high school, (laughs) and these are our, these are our friends, these are our forever friends, and and yeah, we have. I definitely have very close, forever friends from from Greece.
0: I love that. Thank you for sharing that. That's funny. Now you've been on Barnaby Jones and Laverne and Shirley and Mark and Mindy and Three's Company and a whole bunch of other shows. It's funny. Barnaby Jones Miss Lee Maryweather, a dear dear friend of the show and mine, love <laughs> to death. You know. Um, but fast forward and it, and I mean, you know, looking at that, I mean, how was working with the late great Buddy Ebsen? <laughs>
1: Well, if you want to talk about someone who's relaxed on set, (laughs) that was funny. Yes, you know that was the first show I did when we moved to L.A. The first TV, uh, first TV show that I did after Broadway was Barnaby Jones, and I'm really glad it was because it was such a a relaxed, easy set. And you know, Lee is maybe the nicest woman walking the earth, maybe. And Mark Shera, who I had most of my scenes with, was a doll, and they just made me feel really welcome and really comfortable, and oh, yeah, we're going to do this scene, and it's going to be great, and everything's going to be fine, and Buddy Epson, who was a gigantic star his entire (laughs) life, is Mr. Cool and relaxed and comfortable. Oh, it's so nice to meet you. Welcome to our (laughs) show. So, it, it it was it, it was great. I'm very grateful that that was my first experience.
0: Was it? Did you guys have that familiarity, even though it was an age difference? That that because you know he was a song and dance man too, and here you are, you know, a stage girl too.
1: I can't say that it went that far. You know, when you guest on a show, and I didn't have a lot of stuff with him. Most of my scenes were with Mark. Okay. Um, uh, but when you guest on a show. The stars are busy. They've got much more to do than you do. Um, and there's not a lot of time for chatting about, oh, this or that or the other thing. But I never felt like I wasn't important. He never made me feel like I wasn't a valued member of the company that week. And that's, a, that's something that, that was a lesson that I learned early on about because I did so much guesting. Right, was that to make sure that whoever guested on Mr. Belvedere was made to feel like they were part of the family. I thought that was really important. I wanted everybody to be accepted and to be relaxed and to feel like they could sit in the living room with us and, and that there was no hierarchy.
0: Right. Now, you were in a movie with somebody that I, I happen to have worked with. Uh, uh, you were in Lady Bugs uh, with, lady, with, with the awesome Rodney Dangerfield and... Uh, the late Jonathan Brandis, and I was fortunate enough to work with Jonathan Brandis on a sequest episode um you have any good memories of Jonathan Brandis?
1: I have only good memories of Jonathan Brandis he was you know it still hurts my heart to this day that he's not with us anymore and I'm still in touch with his parents um he he was a student of cinema that's what I remember most about Jonathan yeah is that he knew everything about the movies. I mean, for such a young kid, he was, what, 16, 17 years old when we did that movie? Something he like that. knew everything about the golden age of Hollywood. He knew everything that was happening currently. He knew every director, every art director. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> everything about the movies. You could say, you know, we'd be riding in the van to location, and I would say, okay, tell me about Citizen Kane. Well, Citizen Kane was da da He was so erudite for such a youngster. And I always thought that he would have a a really big future as a director. And I think that if he had had lived, which he should have, he would have transitioned into directing and would have brought us some wonderful movies. As it is, uh, his life was brief, but he made a big impact on those who worked with him. And his fans, his fans loved him so
0: much. Uh, yeah, I absolutely, my, my kids were Google over him and had actually had a Sequest figures and he actually said, and I never asked ever anything on the set. I said, hey brother. I asked Peter DeLuise, who was a buddy, I say, hey, man, you think he'd mind? He said, yeah, go talk to him. He said, he'll take care of him for you. And he did. And that was the, my kids went, just went absolutely aped that he signed the figures <laughs> for him. And, and as you know, uh, it was great. So I, I, I wanted to bring it up, but I, I hope he didn't mind, but because it was just, no. he was a great kid and a very talented young man. And I, I, I just, I'm glad that you, uh, shared that story, because I never thought about it, as much as he studied, uh, you know, film and everything else, that was one of our conversations, that I think that was really cool that you came right back into that, and, you know, he would have been an awesome director, I agree.
1: I think so, I really do, we were, we were cheated out of, uh, many, many years of wonderful work, and friendship, and just as a human being, um, uh, by, by losing Jonathan.
0: I agree. Um, Thank you so much for yeah. sharing your memory. I really appreciate that. That means a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah. you have some things in the works here. Uh, talk to me about some more things you have in the works right now.
1: Oh my gosh, I'm working so hard. <clears throat> Pardon me. <laughs> we have my husband, Ben Lanzaroni, is an ASCAP award-winning composer, as I always like to say, and my musical director and accompanist and co-producer. We have two holiday shows coming up. We've got one coming up in hollywood at the catalina uh jazz club on december the 9th and then we have another one in new york at feinstein's 54 below on december the 17th and the shows are very similar but they're slightly different because one is in la and one is in new york i have different guest stars in new york than i do in la so um and i have to do all the you know, all the, all the work that, that goes into putting a show together. Uh, pardon me. I, got a, I sing better than I talk right now. I got a frog in my throat for some reason. My singing voice is very...
0: Me. It never happens to Oh, it
1: me. never happens to anybody but me. I know it's <laughs> all about me. So um, we've been singing every day and promoting the show every day and encouraging people to come. And today I'm devoted to learning my scripts because I have two different scripts of the two
0: shows.
1: (laughs) So there's uh, just so busy with with uh, with all of that. And it's happily it's all work I love doing. So I never feel like it's a chore.
0: And you you have all these dates that are all going to be on, you know. So one of them is December 17th, right?
1: December 17th in New York at Feinstein's 54 below in Midtown Manhattan. And uh that's gonna be a great show. I've got some wonderful guest stars. <coughs> heavens to betsy i apologize for clearing my throat so much that's just so rude
0: no worries love i know you i Uh, I know you're doing it on purpose no i'm just kidding
1: (laughs) (laughs) i've got some wonderful guest stars one of my i love my wife co-stars john miller is going to be with me singing the song he originated on broadway hey there good times and my grandniece meg lanzaroni is going to be with us my husband's side of the family is talented too not just the graph side a lot of people know the graph's uh, in New York because uh, my my cousin Randy is a Tony Award winner, right. my, my brother is a Tony nominee and, you know, so, but this is really fun to be able to bring uh, one of the Lanzaronis onto the show with me. Mm-hmm. She's a wonderful singer and just high energy and a doll. And then um, Lori Tan Chin, who people know from Orange is the New Black yes. and she plays Aquafina's grandma in no, Aquafina is Nora from Queens so she's one of my guest stars we met doing South, the, uh, the Disney film version of South Pacific in Australia many years ago and stayed friends and she has agreed to be one of my guest stars in New York and people know her from TV and they don't know that she's a singer so I'm so excited to present her to the cabaret world in New York as a singer because she really is great
0: that's awesome. Now, uh, who are some of your guests in your on your California show?
1: Oh, in LA, I have my brother Todd, who I just spoke about. Who uh, it, it, he's very. Oh, you know, speaking of podcasts, my brother has just launched a new podcast. If you've got musical theater fans that listen to your show, or or you are, I know you're a musical yes, theater ma'am. fan. Oh my gosh, I keep forgetting the name of it. It's called the Great Broadway Game Show Competition. Ah I, I should have written it down before I came on the air My with God, you.
0: That's as bad as the Lifebox Media Channel radio podcast. We couldn't have found more letters, could we?
1: <laughs> I tell you it's on the Broadway Podcast network. I will and it's, share all it's like, yeah, it's called it's sort of like name that show tune. It's a really funny show. He's oh, got big Broadway funny. shows as his guest stars. I think you'll love it because you like you yes, like ma'am. Broadway. Yes ma'am. And so he's gonna be on the show with me. He's singing. And then there is a wonderful publicist in LA, a very famous publicist named Harlan Bowl, who you know. Yes, I do, And was awesome. But but Harlan is known as a publicist and people don't know that Harlan started his career as a song and dance man. Yes. And He is also one of my students so I had twisted his arm and said you have to be in my holiday show he's been in my holiday show before I said you're going to be in the show again and you can't say no to your teacher right so (laughs) Harlan's going to be singing it's a very homey Hamish kind of show we base our show on the great uh, holiday specials of the 60s and 70s where Mm -hmm. Uh, you bring, you know, it sort of feels like everybody's at home, and guest stars drop in and sing a tune and tell some stories. Uh, so that's what it that's what it is. And my other guest is uh, his name is Glenn Rosenblum. He's a big LA favorite in the theater world and in the cabaret world. And uh, we met doing Crystal Cruises together. And he's a fabulous singer and hilariously funny. So the shows are kind of different, each to a little bit different due to the character of the guests. Of the guest stars, but I'm singing all my same songs, and it's a wonderful mix of holiday holiday favorites, perhaps done with um, original arrangements. That's
0: that is yeah. awesome. That is awesome. I'll make sure to post all this, all the information for both both shows. I can't believe you're getting Harlan on stage. That is incredible. I love for sure. That. I love. Well,
1: that. he's very good. Oh, he's yeah, very, very very yes. good, and. And, you know, he's been studying with me for several years now, and he just keeps getting better and better. I said, well, I want to be the proud teacher and show you off, you know. (laughs) Enough of people thinking that you just are friends with all these big, fancy celebrities and book them on tours, you know, book tours and podcasts and radio (laughs) shows. Let's just show you off as you.
0: And he's game.
1: He's, He's game. He's great.
0: I love that. Now, now you know, are you you're still working with people in, in in music, right? You're still working with people, singers too, right?
1: Yeah, well, my husband and I teach. We teach a uh, vocal performance workshop. We've been doing it for almost ten years now. Right. <clears throat> and uh, gosh, it's really very very satisfying. I love to teach. I felt like I had a lot of experience that I wanted to share with people, and our students range in age from 15 to 90 and it's um it's it's become a home for people who used to have a lot of music in their lives and because of the way life is they didn't go into it professionally but they still love music people that were music majors or performed when they were kids <coughs> who really miss that that feeling of, of singing and, and working on a project and and uh, and being in a community of like-minded people. And one of the things I'm actually proudest about of our workshop is the community of singers that that is built. You know, people that never would know each other in the outside world come together through their love of singing and uh, really become very good friends. And we put on showcases. We just had our big fall showcase here in L.A. in a very nice nightclub, Feinstein's at Vitello's here nice. in Studio City. Fancy, fancy, yes. and they 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 killed. It was really great.
0: You have a you have a laundry list full of top talent here that you've worked with. I'm just looking at this, and and I and I've had a lot of these people on my show. I know them or whatever. And this is incredible. Some of the people that you've worked with. I mean. Uh Melissa Manchester, D. Wallace, I love D. Dee. D's sweetheart. I love her. Um, you know, I mean Karen Morrow. I mean, you know, you, you have uh Judy Norton Taylor, or Judy Norton, I guess now, Aaron Murphy. I mean, you you've had uh and then it's funny because I didn't know that you work with uh, uh Johnny uh Cunizaro that was, was in Jersey Boys, which is a great, great, great show. Well Johnny,
1: um, yeah, and Johnny has been my student for years. And um he He's a special talent. He's a wonderful guy. He's very deep, and uh, he, he's a wonderful actor, and he's learning how to do all sorts of things. He's directing. He's writing. And when he got the Jersey Boys movie, oh, my gosh, we were all over the moon <laughs> for him. It was such a wonderful moment in his life. And we, my husband and I, have always felt very connected to Jersey Boys because one of our best friends was Bob Crewe, who was, who either wrote or produced virtually all of the Four Seasons hits, um, That's and incredible. we we were very close with Bob. And in fact, when Jersey Boys opened, he took our daughter to opening night. So wow. yeah, so, so that connection that Johnny was going to be in Bob's movie was <laughs>
0: was was really great. It was like another one of your children have been on the show, right? Yeah, really, really. Is it do you you sound like you still get so much gratification from entertaining as well as teaching? Now do you have a favorite of the two?
1: Oh no. Um, they're so different. But what I will say is that teaching, I really believe has made me a better singer because really? I don't know if you've ever done any teaching, but it forces you to get your thoughts organized and to analyze what it is that goes into doing something well whether it's painting or math or mm-hmm. psychology it doesn't matter what it is if you have to teach it you've got to really know why a system works in order to pass that on to your students and teaching has made me be more analytical in my in my approach to singing and more thoughtful as opposed to just going on instinct and Um, and talent because you know as well as I do the talent only takes you so far you need skills you need chops you need um, technique you need all of that stuff and teaching has forced me in a very happy way to say ah this is what I've always done this is what I've always done and now I want to know why I've always done that so I can explain to other people
0: I love that. That's awesome. Now, we have a quick quick round as we're winding down here. We have a quick round. We ask a couple of questions that are in the day, and some of them are just, you know, just entertain me for a minute, if you will. And, okay. And uh, now, first one is if we could go way back in that DeLorean machine there's somebody that you could have worked with back in the day that is no longer with us, who would it have been? Oh,
1: let's see. Maybe Judy Garland.
0: Nice, nice, great. I
1: would have loved to have seen that process or Gene Kelly, you know, somebody who I would love to have seen their process that got them to the point of excellence of performance. I think that would have been a PhD in studying performance art.
0: Oh, without a doubt, without a doubt. A little bit more funner part steak or lobster?
1: Oh, steak. (laughs) <laughs> I came. To, I came to lobster very late in life. I like lobster, but um I am a carnivore, so <laughs> <laughs> I,
0: I, I love it. And I'll go with that. Coke or Pepsi?
1: Coke. Diet
0: Coke. <laughs> uh, I just fell off the cliff. <laughs> <laughs> if I gotta do it, I gotta do it right. Um The Beach of the Mountains. Beach. Now this is good because you're an entertainer. A night of dinner and dancing or a movie?
1: Oh, movie. Really? Yeah. Well, dancing is a no-go. That's absolutely never going to happen. I'm married to a musician. Musicians don't dance. They don't. My husband said he spent too many years playing weddings and bar mitzvahs, looking out at all the people dancing who couldn't dance, and saw how funny they looked. He said he was... I can count on two hands the number of times. One of them was our wedding and one was our daughter's wedding when he actually would get up on the dance floor. So, um, no, not going to happen.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I got you on that. Uh, the beach or the mountains? Oh, We did the beach. <laughs> the beach, definitely. Okay. Um, wine or whiskey? Neither. Oh,
1: really? I don't drink. I don't drink at all.
0: <laughs> I'll take care of that voice. Okay, that's cool. She took care of me with the Coke and Pepsi thing. There you go. The, <laughs> now, if there's somebody today that you could perform with that you've never worked with, who would it be?
1: Oh. I really, I don't know. But I don't know why Barbara Streisand keeps popping into my head. There are so many fabulous actors and and, you know, that I just... Hey, why
0: not? Wow. Oh, I mean, like,
1: wouldn't you love to work with Helen Mirren? Wow. Oh my God, wow. what that or Kevin Brana, What an experience that would be to to soak up everything that they know how to do.
0: Yeah. <laughs> show me how
1: you do that. How do you do that? I want to be that good. How do you do that?
0: Yeah, I'd be a <laughs> nag on that. You know, I'm sorry I missed that. Can you please show me that about th- thirty five more times? You know. <laughs> yeah, and
1: teach me what it is.
0: Yeah, <laughs> and, and you have a gentleman in that bunch.
1: I, I, a gentleman uh, yeah I think I think I'd love to work with Kevin Branagh I think he's just nice. phenomenal or Benedict Cumberbatch mm. <laughs> how do they do that how do they do that yeah but somebody's uh, got to do it. <laughs> they're so
0: good I need to be a long day <laughs> at the office babe <laughs> oh man you know I, I I love that you know it has been so much fun having you on and please I want you to come back on again but please tell us again where uh, these shows are in both your New York and your L.A. shows and the dates, please.
1: Okay, we're going to be in Los Angeles, in Hollywood, at the Catalina Jazz Club on Thursday night, December the 9th. Tickets available at CatalinaJazzClub.com. And then in New York at Feinstein's 54 Below. On December the 17th, that's a Friday night, at the very sophisticated hour of 9.45 p.m., tickets at 54below.com.
0: And where can everybody see you on social media?
1: Um, on Facebook, I Eileen mean Graf. I'm I'm I am a, a troglodyte when it comes to the other platforms. I just I have them and I don't use them. And my daughter Nika Graf Lanzaroni, who is also a brilliant performer and has been in Broadway shows, um, she keeps saying, "Mom, Mom." Come on! It's the it's the twenty it's the twenty first century. You have to like not just have an Instagram account. You have to do something with it. Your
0: picture just on there, just that only carries it so long, my dear. Then you got to add to it. You, know?
1: you got to, you know. She just did my new website, which is gorgeous, and she said, "Now you just can't just leave it there." you have to do stuff with it. I go, "Okay, okay, I will. But first I want to learn this song." You know? <laughs> first I want to I want to read a play. <laughs> I'm just, "Okay, you know, it's all part of the business now. We're all responsible for doing everything for ourselves."
0: Eileen, so you know, she'll be filming you learning that play and that song and that's what it gets you your viewers. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Now that yeah. Nilegraph.com, right? That's it. And you know, what do you want to say to all your fans? You know, we're, we have active listeners in 61 countries. What do you want to say to your oh. fans that are, that are that are listening out here and, you know, and coming into holiday seasons and everything else? What do you want to say to your fans out there?
1: I just want everybody to be healthy, to be safe, to take good care of themselves, and almost more importantly, make sure you're taking good care of your neighbors and your community. And uh, I'm wishing everybody as much joy and peace as they can find.
0: And that is wonderful. Thank you. And where can everybody find you if they want to work with you in your workshop?
1: Oh, uh, go to the website, graphcom We've got a whole section on the workshop.
0: It has been such a pleasure having you on. I uh, Please come back on again. You were wonderful and uh, so entertaining. And I know our fans are just going to absolutely love uh, listening to this interview. And I thank you so much for taking the time.
1: Thank you for having me. Take good care. Happy holidays.
0: Lifebox Media Channel. We are.